I don't want to do this with you guys. I feel like we've been doing really well, like in therapy and stuff like that. We've grown yeah. a lot and I don't want to fall into a lot of the same poisonous patterns. I, Russ, I haven't given you a swirly in the bestie's toilet and what it's been at least seven days. Days at least, yeah, yeah days. I yeah, was at least days. seven of them. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think that you know we've learned a lot doing this over the last twenty six years, and that <laughs> as long as we sort of keep best practices in mind and have open minds and hearts and clear eyes, we won't lose. But I will say that if Zelda doesn't win, I'm gonna fucking quit the show. I'm gonna <laughs> stop the show. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna That's make you guys quit off. too. Hey. Good guy. Good, good, good starter, baby. Good if energy. If it's not good, Zelda, good. I'm done, good. baby. No, this is good. This is going to be fun. This is good. Hey, you, this is good. The, the emotional manipulation is your pro move, Griffin. No, no. I'm saying, like, I've learned a lot and we've all grown a lot, but Zelda's why I won't quit. Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the year. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I'm pretty confident I know the best game of the year. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I have no clue. I'm at a loss this year, baby. Weakness! <laughs> My Blood name is Russ Rushing, and I know the best game of the week. I can't even focus on introducing this show when I spotted my first vulnerability. Chris <laughs> strike, Plan. Justin, strike. That's glowing new point. Uh, behind me. I claim Chris's power as my own. Welcome to the besties. We're talking about the latest and greatest at home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, but just by listening, my friend, you have become a member, and this is the, the show. This shows that uh, it's all been building to, folks. Uh, and you guys dressed up, going, right? Just, yeah, just from the top, the you guys are... Like, I'm wearing my chubby's flannel <laughs> and some soft dungarees, <laughs> and I'm ready to talk. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we're going to pick the best game of the year with uh, t- 12 of our favorites, handpicked, uh-huh. lovingly handpicked, and some of yours. Plant, what's the, what's the system this year? What's our approach? So we're doing a bracket of 16, but this isn't like a March Madness bracket. This is a custom tailored thing maximized for the best discussion. So we have some categories that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we have duels like Indie Friends, Dredge versus Dave the Diver. Did you know that they're going to appear in each other's games? Because they are. We got oh, stuff I like that. Like uh, a Shut Up and Play the Hits, I called one of them, which is Resident Evil 4 Remake <laughs> versus Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah, it's... It's gonna be a delight. I'm I'm looking. Yeah, forward no, to these it. are there's there's seven really good ones in here, Plant. I think, and I think we could all agree that Fractured Fairy Tales is maybe not your best work, uh, in terms of a sort of wine pairing. You're sort of gaming sommelier skills here. You're, you're saying Super Mario Wonder, Liza P, maybe feel like those were the two I couldn't fit anywhere else. <laughs> but you <laughs> could figure out how to do the rest of it. That's fine. It should have just been baby faces. Little yeah, baby face. Black hair boys. The boys. You know, black that's hair how some of the back. best flavors come together. I mean, I, I love, you know, pickle surprises where you take a little piece of deli meat, you put some cream cheese yeah. in yeah, it, sure. you throw a pickle in it, and then you go and serve it. And people said, that won't work. And I said, that's the whole point of Thanksgiving is to eat that dish. Mm hmm. Yeah. Where are we? Uh, 
we're we're in the game of the year. This is the this is the beginning of all of it. This will make I think this will make more sense after the break when we actually just do these matchups instead of the chaos yeah. that has subsumed That's the beginning fair. of this episode. You're right. Yeah. It's a real change of pace. <laughs> uh, let's take a break and uh, we'll be back right after this. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, before we dive in, I want to make it clear, mm -hmm. and Plant alluded to this, but I do want to like re-highlight it. This is not seeded. So yeah, what in no certain order. The picks that were selected were based on their similarities with the games to some extent, as as best as we could do with 16 games. And it would make for a good discussion in the first round. So there might be situations where like a fucking King Kong rock star comes in and uh has a little fun with a little baby boy, but that's just the nature of it. That's the only or way. Or maybe shocking turnabouts maybe may shocking be. underdog stories maybe maybe chance of sinar does beat Baldur's gate three in the first round and nobody really knows what to do with that i think we should hop uh, right into it with that yeah, sort of go. enticingness i mean oh. okay okay so oh. oh man here's what we got for for y'all yeah. we are going to go through the first full round in this week's episode there's a lot to go through here and then yeah. next week's episode will be the dramatic conclusion so to kick things off if it seems like we're being like very uh, trepidatious, is that the word? It's because these episodes do have a reputation of destroying love. <laughs> and and no, not and, this time. But not, not this, this time. time. No, and I think I think we all are in such good places. We are we're looking into the distance with weary eyes, uh, and yet here we are taking our very first step with the showdown, telling stories in new ways. We've got Baldur's Gate three versus Chance of Sonar. Can I go to bat for Chance of Sinar? Please. Yeah, please. I feel like even if we know sort of which way the wind is blowing, we this is a good opportunity for us to celebrate these, these wonderful gems. For me, I am realizing that Return of the Obra Dinn invented a new genre in my brain. And since that happened, I have demanded a new tasty one of those sort of immersive puzzle mysteries 
uh, every year. My appetite must be slaked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, Chance of Sonar did that for me in new and exciting ways. I would say, you know, in the same vein as like Curse of the Golden Idol or other sort of games where there is just kind of like one big mystery that you unfold while exploring a sort of broader world. Chance of Sonar does that with language in ways that uh, continued to surprise me from start to finish. And I it, it really propelled me along uh, a lot sort of stronger than a lot of other games I played this year where I just, I, I could not put it down. I think I finished it in like three or four sittings, which is pretty good for me. Um, and just gorgeous world. And I, I, I think it's, I think it's just so damn clever and maybe one of the cleverest games kind of, uh, on on this list and sort of like how it makes words into, uh, gameplay mechanics. Yeah. I really admire this game. I, it's so good at feeling like homework that it is homework is basically my only issue with it. I, I I felt like I was actually working playing this game. And that is not, let me be clear, that is not a, a slight against the game. That is in some way a praise for it. I mean, every but, movie that you go and see is homework. Chris Plant, your movie taste is like... Yeah, yeah I was going to say, of all of us, you are the you are the homework. No, but, no but that's my point. Is I, 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 I've said this before, but learning a language is... It is so good at capturing the experience of learning a language... And I already have that time filled that I just I could not make more than a couple hours. That makes sense into this. Yeah. But again, that that's that's purely personal taste. I I think that if anything like I said is a testament to how good it is at doing what it's doing. But Justin, you you really love this one, right? I did. I I really I loved it, Griffin. Griffin, you you and I both uh were were really taken with this. I think you finished it before I did. Um, yeah, we got Trav on it too. It's it's I it's the I, again like. I am having trouble kind of encapsulating what this is. It's not just like an adventure game, right? Like I've played lots of adventure games and this isn't quite that. There is a type of game that is so cerebrally satisfying, (laughs) uh, so immersive, so just cool and clever that I recommend it to everyone. And it it is that sort of Obra Dinn I mean, deduction category, right? Like it, deduction. Yeah, I guess that is it, a, a, a good way of putting. And it. And I think the problem is deduction has been usually limited to like the type of games that you would find in the back of a newspaper. But no, it's using deduction so that you kind of are conversing with the game itself. And, and I think in video really games, incredible. deduction traditionally has been like, oh, you found the dumb clue in the corner of the room in the Sherlock Holmes game. So now you get to talk to the guy and tell him you found. Yeah, the or you turn clip. on your spidey senses, right? Right. And it's right. like, oh, and this is, I think, more subtle and more clever about it. I think this feels to me like the sort of game that would totally dominate my life when it's extremely slow and I could like really immerse myself in it because the like uh, it's been so crazy this year that I haven't been able to. I mean, I played it. I spent a few hours with it, but. I want to like lock myself in a room and play this, and it's just not an option. I, I I would encourage you to to give it another shot. It it really did not take me too long to beat the pro- the the thing that is intimidating. I think about this game is that it's it's kind of got like peaks and valleys of difficulty. Yeah, where you will be mm-hmm. banging your head against the wall, and then you will figure out one syntax rule or one grammatical sort of yeah, it's uh, like Sudoku, structural basically. thing. 
Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden, fifty other pieces fall into place, yeah. and it feels so 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 good. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And just having those sort of like you know half dozen or so kind of eureka moments scattered across a game, like I it 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 really is not that big of an undertaking. But uh, I I again I can't recommend it enough if you like you know any sorts of uh, puzzly deduction games like this and and especially ones that use like language and and like the, the connection between language and the world where everything in the world has to be so specific for it to be for you to really be in conversation with like every object because for the most part like it's all important um which really helps you to draw into the world where, where everything you see like almost without exception has a reason for being there yeah. Uh, within the language of the game. Um, I would say for me, and and we're not, uh, I don't think we need to, to be in this position for, for a chance of scenario or, or, or anything, but I will say I will look, I very much look forward to, there was a little bit of extra stuff in this game in terms of like the stealth segments and some of those that like I, I felt were a, uh, maybe a lack of faith in the central thing of the game yeah. or, or, or what exactly uh, I look forward to like, and and that's part of what's exciting about something really new like this is you get to see the things that work and don't work. So I, I think there's an even better version of this, this uh, concept, but it's still really uh, engaging and exciting. Just, just the way it is. Could you see like the basic idea being very similar but like, learn, you know, obviously a new language or whatever it is and a new aesthetic. Could you see a direct sequel coming out of this? I could. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I, they, they, they do so much with like art and aesthetics and music, like using every single thing that the game is throwing at you to to get like a foothold yeah. in these languages. And, and there's just there's there's so much you can do with that. Um, I, I, I agree with you. So I think that the cell segments in this game, there's really just one area where the cell segments are pretty frequent and they are a pretty big bummer. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's I funny because, sort of- uh, what was it? Outer wilds, which is, I think kind of a similar game insofar as it's a deduction game, uh, and a, what is it? Metro yeah, I would, Brainia, I would grant that. but mm-hmm. that also was felled by stealth sequences in the DLC. It's funny that, uh, these developers Wait. feel like adding them. Did you say Metroid Brainia? Yeah. I didn't invent that Whoa. term. That's not my That's term. That's good. I like oh it. Oh my so god! I do not take credit. I, just claim it. But just claim credit no, for yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's I've you. Never, I'm super plugged in, Russ, and I've Nick never heard Sutner, it. So you could claim credit. I think Nick Sutner came up with it. I'm if sorry, well, Nick. We, we still very much respect it. Uh, now, on point, when you're thinking about Baldur's Gate, what what was the? Uh, in a lot of ways, Baldur's Gate seems to be a very traditional way, like a well trod way of telling games with with uh, in video games. So, what what, what struck you as, as new or novel about this? It's so damn big. It's mm. so damn big. I, I, you all are much further than me in this game. I put like, I don't know, 35, 40 hours into it and thought I was in the middle of act two. And then Freshick told me, no, I was halfway through the first damn act. It's <laughs> so big. You lay, you, you crash a giant a Cthulhu ship at the beginning of the game. You explore the crash site for 10 hours and everything that's underneath it and everything that's around it. And then you realize you've cleared off a tiny, tiny corner of the map. And that, that bigness extends in every direction. It is both like big geographically, but big um, emotionally, philosophically, thematically. The, uh, mm-hmm. the sheer ability to involve yourself in the lives of these fictional characters or 
have them swapped out with real people in multiplayer, it, it I I truly do not know how it's done. It feels like magic, and we don't get a lot of that in video games these days. I think we're mm-hmm. fortunate in that we also have Zelda to talk about, but it, it, it does feel unusual to play something where I, it feels like somebody made a deal with the devil rather than, you know, learned how to code. <laughs> I, I, I think what's mo- most impressive about that is just how fucking good so much of it is. Yeah. Like, there, there are definitely parts of this story that I take umbrage with, but that is almost, like, statistically, like, the the most likely situation when you are dealing with just this much sheer tonnage of storytelling. Yeah, you know and, what? And despite the fact that it felt, it felt short in some departments, there is so much about this game that I'm going to remember forever and that's pretty buck wild you know what's the maybe the craziest part of this is when you get to baldur's gate spoiler alert you go to baldur's gate but when you get there i think everyone is used to going to the capital city in a bethesda rpg and some dope is like walking down the street and you talk to him and he says like whatever fucking arrow to the knee or whatever (laughs) nonsense they had (laughs) the fact that every NPC that's standing around in the main city not only has like a little bit of story going around with them even though it doesn't like necessarily branch into a quest or anything like that but they've got maybe they're talking to like their neighbor about some nonsense but it's all very specific and it's all incredibly well voiced and it's all incredibly well written and it just is like there's just like a drum beat that pervades every aspect of it and mm-hmm. most studios would not take the fucking time. They might throw a bunch of NPCs just standing around. They're all going to say more or less the same six lines because who cares? They don't have quests associated with them. But here, right. they yeah. just filled the entire city with little And stuff. that's that's where I think people are going to learn the wrong lesson from this, I fear, at least uh, uh, with major studios that are going to try to crib this, in that this is all authored. As we talk about, you know, right. user-generated content or proc gen, procedural generation, which there's not, those aren't inherently bad. But, you know, we keep hearing the, the reason that we need AI, the reason that we need proc gen is because how else will we make things this big? Well, they, they did. They did that. Um, and they whether did, or not, and, that, and honest, like, and not, yeah, in a in a year where like we saw some games came out that were in development for forever, uh, they finished Divinity Original Sin in 2017. It's fucking so. If we're to assume that this game was in development for six years, that seems like a pretty short span in like AAA games space to make something this fucking colossal. Is it mm-hmm. six years? Is it? That's six I mean, years yeah, a long compared time. to GTA, I mean, six years is a long time, man. <laughs> I mean, compared well, to my kids, ain't been out that long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess a fair point. You can just trap. I guess I'm thinking of Alan Wake too. Which just, <laughs> <laughs> now that's a game. Well, hey, speaking of it, should we? I know we're going to talk more about Baldur's Gate three in for sure the next episode. Sure. So how about we do move on to Alan Wake two? Griffin, do you want to push uh, Chance of Sonar off the cliff? Uh, yeah, I, I, I. I yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm handing know. it a, a hang glider so it can go rest on the beach. Yeah, it doesn't die. You're, you're making it. Sound it dies. Like we have to delete it, it from the internet. It's no longer on the Steam store. Get it while <laughs> yeah. you can. Um, next up, we have the return of abandoned series, and for this, we have Alan Wake Two and Armored Core Six. Uh, both games I am shocked to see exist in in this 
our wonderful year 2023. Alan Wake 2, Fresh, you, I feel like you were the mega champion of this. Yeah. Um, so again, to reiterate, I think I talked about this when we first talked about it. I was and have been a huge Alan Wake fan since the game came out. And whenever that was 13 years ago, uh, I played all the DLC, played the spinoff, read all the fucking wiki pages, trying to make sense of it. But mostly I've just been a huge fan of Remedy because there just are so few studios out there doing weird shit at the scale that they're doing. Um, and they saw an enormous success with that with Control, which I think was really a sign that the audience has a taste for them going weird so long as like mm -hmm. the core conceit uh, is still strong and it's still a well-made game, well-written, and they've always been very strong in the narrative as well. I think Alan Wake 2 is like extremely remedy insofar as it's obviously narrative first it's obviously like the writing and the act voice acting and the like live action fucking finish snuff films that are in this were obviously <laughs> i'm not even joking that's like really a thing that's in this game um were obviously the focus i mean they're fake video games snuff not, we should make it clear that they they're not real snuff I, I, there's no way to know that for sure. Not real enough for me. Let's. It's it not like way. somebody right, you know, guys. like sent you a photo of earwax growing hairs or anything. Okay. Yeah, you know? I would rather watch a thousand Alan Wakes, honestly. Um, it's incredibly weird. Uh, I, I you know, I think no Remedy has struggled at times on the on the gameplay combat side, um, and that was certainly the case here as well. But I was so absolutely like riveted by the story that they were telling and the world that they built that I was more than happy to like futz around with like some struggles with fighting three guys at once. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, for me, that wasn't the issue. I, I, I think Alan Wake two is, uh, I think the best game remedy has made. I think that the combat has been a problem in most of their games. I didn't think it was that bad this time. It was, if anything, it was the length of time that I sort of frequently had to go without doing the combat. Um, but I thought just like fighting dudes was was all right. I thought some of the boss fights were actually pretty great. Yeah, which is I, a and, surprise. And you kind of we talked about it when we first did the episode. But the you those like little bonus side things, which I found uh, to be good. When you know, I I think there are those puzzles that were like um, you put the little dolls down to solve the like little riddle. Sure. Um, I thought those were fine. But there is a lot of like quote blank space in this world in areas that there probably shouldn't have been. Um, mm. But when you are in those more condensed areas, I think about the retirement home, for example, that yeah. those condensed areas that they're like really handcrafting feels, oh God, so lived in and evocative yeah. and just like, you're just in that space. Or like the the moment where you walk in the bar and the and uh, Ati the janitor is singing karaoke, singing karaoke, so yeah, fucking amazing. There's just and and the game is just full of those moments. Obviously, I think everyone knows the musical sequence now. Um, the moments that will stick with me and kind of fade away the idea that oh, it might have required some excess walking at times. Uh, but why walk when you can swing? That's uh, skipping ahead to Spider-Man What? No. no. Wait, no. Wait. Wait. No, okay. just, no, sorry. <laughs> Not in even the you, game that it's up against. <laughs> um, 
So Alan Wake, uh, Alan Wake Two <laughs> was a, a game that tried desperately to make me stop playing it. It really seemed at every turn like it was intent to scare me off, uh, but I stuck with it, and I am I'm so happy that games of this type are are get to be made. Like especially with the the funding that this obviously has behind it. Like I I am I am thrilled that this came out as well as it did, especially when you know how long of a road it is for it to be as sort of like um, coherent as it is. And I don't mean that like narratively, it's kind of obviously over the place, but it is a hundred percent coherent to itself. Like yeah. aesthetically, narratively, mm-hmm. it nothing seems like, well, this is really out of place. You can like it or not like it, but it, is a hundred percent consistent with itself. I feel like I, I think that there's like a misunderstanding of auteur theory that people like to place on, on video games where it's like, <laughs> wow, this is, you know, Sam Lake really figured it out or Ken Levine or whoever, you know, mm. will write. And it, it, it's never that games are too big for that to be true. I think what is really impressive about remedy all along is that they have just consistency in vision. So, a lot of people are bringing tons of different ideas, but whoever the kind of lead people are at the top have done a good enough job creating like a style book and, uh, you know, saying like, yes, that is definitely us that that matches. And I imagine mm-hmm. plenty of stuff that get, gets cut because they just say early on, no, that 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 is not what makes a remedy game. And I think that's what allows for all the meta playfulness that Alan Wake ends up doing, you know, bringing together mm-hmm. all the different games because few studios have that level of creative consistency across like all their different departments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really just Kojima's in terms of scale, like these AAA projects, it's just Kojima yeah. in this yeah. area. And I think Remedy's storytelling is way more cogent than Kojima's storytelling. I mean, I like Kojima's storytelling. It's fucking weird, but at least I know what's going on. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't have Kojima announces a horror game uh, in collaboration with Jordan Peele on our Game Awards bingo card. Yeah, I know. That we seems really like yeah, a real obvious. Yeah. Okay. So Alan Wake 2 is great, but we have another game that is also great that is going up against it. And it's so similar. <laughs> great segues. It also starts segues. with the letter A. <laughs> <laughs> it's two, to segue into two words and a number. We've got okay. Alan. <laughs> Alan Core Six. Alan Core. Gosh, Armored Core Six. <laughs> Armored Core Six takes my, all the beloved pleasure of the Dark Souls games, and I knew that if I could just say the right words, my arms would start to stretch out and turn into crazy chain guns. This is what he wanted the entire time. Mister Scratch knew that I would be locked in the chassis of my armored gun. <laughs> he knew that I would bring these giant dreads to try to smush him with the light. Um. Yeah. I. I can. I guess I can take a swing at. I don't know if the, who the big armored core is. Plan. Plan is the big armored core head. I want yeah, plan go to for do it, it, baby. Yeah. I mean, it, it. It's blending everything that people now love about the Dark Souls games with the franchise that actually from software kind of built itself up on originally. Sounds like it. That would have been a killer game. Yeah. You. You didn't get that. It, 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 I. If they brought everything people love about uh-huh. the art. Oh man. I don't know. No, I, I don't think this game's going to make it, obviously. So I, I'm, I'm like, excited to hear just what people thought of it in general, even if you didn't quite like it. I was shocked by how much I did like it. No, I, I really, I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I was kind of an armored coordinator back in the day, uh, and I was, I was impressed that 
how much it was an armored core game. That is kind of what I was getting at. Like the, the extent to which it still kind of felt like those games that I remember, obviously a lot's evolved, but it's not like unrecognizable um, sort of trying to reach out for modern taste and modern sensibilities. Cause like even the, the idea of like mission based, like it is, is a little bit antiquated, right? Like that you don't mm. see that sort of uh, structure too often. With it legit. Anymore. Like if someone didn't know that this was a FromSoft game, I don't think there's any, and they, and you know, everyone knows FromSoft from their souls games. I don't think anyone makes that leap. Like it is, really? mm. it feels incredibly far. The only thing that like screams from soft is just like the scale of the art design and the like o- overall art design, I think is like, obviously their pedigree is extremely high, but outside of that, nothing about this really feels super soulsy to me, um, mm. which isn't a bad thing. I, I enjoyed it as an action game and I enjoyed it. I think when we talked about it, we described it as it feels like a rental like the sort of game that I would rent from Blockbuster and be thrilled for a week. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, do, I don't want to, yeah, I don't mean that as a negative. I mean that as a, this is like a light dip in, dip out, fuck around, have an experience kind of game. Don't this get, is not don't a- Don't focus too much on the fact that that has definitely been used as a pejorative by our industry for the entirety of its existence. No, I, I just mean it like doesn't have the like, this is going to take over my life for three months. Oh, for which sure. Which I think yeah. all the other yeah. Souls games do. And I don't think yeah, that's a bad I get, thing. I like that it kind of is a different pace to it. I guess that, that's what I like about it is it for me, it captures the feeling that I would have when playing a Souls game, which is that I get locked in, unlike I do in most video games. So when I am playing it, it consumes every ounce of my brain space. Yep. And that I feel like I am, you know, in a dance with, with the enemy in, in combat, right? There's a certain synchronicity there. And that it does all that and it makes it manageable because I cannot get through Souls games. I play a good chunk and eventually I hit my barrier and I bounce. And this, because it maybe it's because of the mission format, uh, maybe it was because it just felt easier uh, or the type of action was more familiar to me because it was, as you pointed out, fresh, like a platinum game. Um Maybe that's why it all worked. But I, I, I don't think it's so unlike a FromSoft game. I just think it is, it's them doing different genres. And I, I would love mm. for them to be able to take what, like, their ability to capture a certain type of feel and a certain type of focus and apply it into, like, more and more spaces and, and not just be so uh, beholden to the, the kind of Dark Souls model. Can I tell you guys the truth? And it's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. This is one of my most anticipated games, I think, of the year. I think I brought it up in like our first of the year episode. And, you know, it's, it's, FromSoft is probably my favorite game developer, uh, reviving a franchise I used to really love as a kid. And I played it and I was like, this game fucking rules. The only issue is that it came out like two weeks after Baldur's Gate. And it, mm. and that game really sucked all of the oxygen out of the room for a lot of other stuff that dropped over the next, you know, two month period or so. I think if Armored Core 6 had come out in the summer, earlier in the summer, rather, I would have been uh, sort of more singing its praises. But as it is now, like I, I played it, loved it, dropped it just like it was hot so that I could get back into Baldur's Gate. It, uh, it to me feels like it's in the same vein as a game we'll talk about later, which is Resident Evil 4 Remake, which is, it is 
updating and modernizing a format that has been done before, but doing it incredibly, incredibly well. And it's like a very tight experience. I don't know. I mean, again, it's I don't know that it sticks with me in the gut long term in the way yeah. that like a Baldur's Gate or even an Alan Wake does personally. Even if it even if it ripped complete ass in a good way, I think <laughs> the musical sequence in Alan Wake 2 gets it the win in the first round <laughs> I feel like that shit was so good. Yeah, I gotta I gotta celebrate Alan Wake 2 here. I really like Armor Core for what it was, but I I Alan Wake 2 is really special. Let's keep it moving. Next up, we have Indie Are Friends. Are you ready to snap the neck of Armored Core 6, Chris Bland, <laughs> yeah, and Chris, dump its dead body in a volcano? <laughs> oh, no, you you all were talking. I quietly unplugged it, um, and it's oh, so no. awful. You know? Uh, Chris Bland, I want to take issue with how you've categorized the next matchup, Indie Friends, featuring uh-huh. Dredge and everyone's favorite indie game, Dave the Diver. Beloved indie <laughs> heartthrob, Dave the Diver. Listen, I, 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 wait, wait, here, wait, sorry. I, I, I actually wrote this down in our document wrong. Uh, can you read that again? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's Dredge versus, quote, Dave the Diver, end quote. Now, why wouldn't you put indie in quotes? That's why would a you good put question. the name of the <laughs> Sorry, can you uh, read the document? Okay, <laughs> so the category is, quote, indie, unquote, friends, and then Dredge versus, quote, Dave the Diver, end quote, <laughs> That's the book. That's the novelization. Tilda, Jeff Keeley. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, yes, Dave the, Di- the, 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 the Dave the Diver was not an indie uh, game. It was I'm, made I'm, by a very I'm giving small you a hard time. Studio. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm just razzing you, baby. I have no, I, I have no idea how you define indie without like looking at the books of everyone's project and knowing how much every single game costs and how many people worked on it. So I'm giving you a hard time. I'm giving Jeff a hard time. I think eventually people will like coalesce maybe in like a, a solve for this problem. But these both look and feel like indie games. So I'm not surprised that people made that decision. Anyway, so they're both good? great. Who's who's repping? Yeah, they're both good games. <laughs> great, um, they're great. both moving Let's on. Move on. <laughs> Dave the Diver was a um, a fan pick, if I recall. Yes. Uh, who who here has played enough Dave the Diver that can speak to it? I know I've played quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I played a good amount. So Dave the Diver is a, uh, gosh, uh, a, a survival mechanics that you might see like gathering mechanics. Imagine like a 2D Subnautica where you're swimming around gathering like uh, undersea equipment, uh, hunting fish, doing research, getting all all the uh, the bounty of the sea. And then after your time in the sea, avoiding the, its deadly dangers, you take your haul back up to land and you sell it at a fair price in a sushi restaurant that you also run in a quick with a bunch of like quick time style mini games. Um, and so it's really two two games in one working in synchronicity, which is both a undersea exploration game. And of course, there's narrative stuff happening on the on the meta layer of it. But that is the the, the basic pitch from a gameplay. Perspective. Yeah, it also, I think, does the. I guess cookie clicker for lack of a better game uh, version of constantly expanding what you think the game is because it starts mm-hmm. and you're just diving and then you sell the fish and then you're done. But very quickly, as you do more and more runs, they're constantly coming up to you and being like, Hey, actually we have a hatchery now and you could like hatch your own fish. You don't have to catch those fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like constantly like invents itself in new ways. You're hiring new people for your business you're uh, increasing the profitability of your fish through like new recipes. 
it's like incredibly dense, um, which I found like very engaging. Um, yeah. Griffin plant. Uh, yeah. The two halves work really well together and and it's nice. It's a nice uh, a change of pace switching between the two. I mean, the best um, thing about this game is it, it revives Tapper, the greatest arcade game of all time. <laughs> and I guess it, it's kind of like Tapper. This game. Yeah, it's very same, Tapper. Same and I love and, Tapper. And, and Dig and, Dug. Uh, in the, uh, the, the harpooning of things. It feels very Dig Dug. So it's, it's got all, it's got all the classics. I, I really don't know how I pick between these two games. I, I, we still need to talk about Dredge. But this, honestly, this is the one that I find the toughest of everything that we're going through today. I think these are two, in terms of like taking something for what it set out to do, I think both of these nailed what they set out to do. Yeah. Um, fresh dredge. I feel like you like r- another one that you really got into. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to both of them because I I okay. got to, pretty late into both of them. I definitely finished dredge. I don't know that Dave the Diver has like a formal ending. It might, but I got pretty late into it. And dredge, specifically the ending, stuck with me um, because I found like it, it just felt like the perfect culmination. I don't even want to spoil it for people that haven't finished the game yet. But this uh, Dredge, just as a reminder, was a Lovecraftian, uh, you know, Cthulhu-infused ocean fishing game where you putter around on a boat and um, fish for various objects and fish that you then have to, like, fit into your boat using, like, uh, Resident Evil 4 inventory management. And then you go back to town, you sell it, and you find it. Surprisingly hot mechanic this year. Yeah, yeah, very popular. Uh, and you sell it, you upgrade your boat, uh, you find uh, new people to do quests for, you unlock new features, etc. I think from a stylistic standpoint and like tonally, there may be no more consistent game in the entire year than Dredge. Dredge. That's true, man. Every UI element, every line of dialogue. The, the music, the art style, it's like so just drim- drenched in what Dredge was doing that um, I was just like just put into that mode of like this eerie creepy just the vision of like when dawn is breaking over like a morning but there's still this mm. element of like uneasiness about the world around you um made it just really incredible and uh and that I, I, is I precisely it. why they're adding dave the diver to the video game <laughs> <laughs> yeah for, and that fellow board members is why we've decided <laughs> for those that aren't aware dave the diver will i guess be showing i don't know the extent of it but it was announced during the tgas that there's a crossover event going on uh i know dredge also just released uh, like story-based dlc it's very funny uh, I think there's probably a way to do Dave the Diver in that tone in a funny way. But man, I, I, I super love Dredge. Uh, and I think because of that consistency and because it has that like culmination feel, it it ha- kind of has the edge for me. Uh, Dave the Diver, I loved and then kind of got to a point where it was like, oh, well, you have to grind out this new currency by doing these side quests. And I was just like, lost all enthusiasm for playing it mm, whereas yeah. dredge just kind of kept me through throughout but they're both fantastic games um so yeah i i agree with you about the holistic nature of dredge because you, you completely nailed something i i've struggled to put together for this game that it feels like a bigger game than it is yeah because it is so mm. consistent it, it feels like a, a truly lived in world and i know that we just saw an announcement for case of the golden idol getting like a 3d 
a bigger 3D game. Dredge does feel like a game that I would not be surprised if we saw something much bigger uh, in the future for it. That's such a good point. It feels like there's more like in the world even. Like yeah. if you yeah. went far enough in the right direction, there would be like more there. I mean, it's think about like consistent. Steam World, what they've done. I would love for oh, the wow. Dredge team yeah, to yeah. go yeah. that way with, with this. Hey, what's going on with Steam World? It's been a little bit. Eh? A new one just one. came out. Steam World build. What? Yep. Yeah. See, Welcome to the party. Besties. You guys gotta keep me updated. This I mean, is like fault. this week, like this week, it just came it's out. It's your failing, Griffin. Hey, okay. Dredge, Dredge, Dredge is gonna win the Dredge. quote indie yeah. friends category. Yes. I I shockingly didn't vibe with either of these games too much, but that I, is I, surprising. I Dredge. Dredge. That surprises me. I know, right? It seems like extremely my shit. I just didn't didn't, hmm. didn't feel right. That's just right. didn't feel right. Something was off. Vibe was off, guys. Okay. Ooh, this it's next good. one though, Jesus. <sighs> This next one, I'm going to call it, this is going to be the nasty one this year. This is going to be the nasty yeah, fight this year. I don't like this. I like this one because <laughs> I, I like can just kind of kick back. I'm having a California kickback on this one. I'm going to watch the blood spill. This is indie This spins. is going to, okay, so it's going to come down to Justin and, and Russ on opposite uh-huh. sides of me having to make the deciding vote. Should I just go ahead and call it now? Or? <laughs> I mean, sure, that, if you mathematically, want to say it's all a bunch of trouble, yeah. Yeah. The topic is indie spins on popular genres, and we've got Blasphemous 2 versus Sea of Stars. Man, I nominate uh, Justin to talk about the Sea of Stars. Well, first uh, we actually have to tie Justin and uh, Russ together at the at the arms, and then give them. You're knives, right. You guys right? put on your get along shirt. <laughs> put us both in a sack like two feral cats. And just... yeah. <laughs> okay, Sea of Stars. Would you like me to? Please. Would that be yeah, of course. Okay, Sea of Stars is harkens back to a classic era of. Um, Japanese RPG in around the SNES era. The, the some of the Mana games are big touchstones here. It is a sprawling open world fantasy that is, I guess, connected in a universe sense to the Messenger, which uh, from a, a couple of years back. Uh, but this is a you know turn based RPG. It does a lot of really interesting stuff with um the way vulnerabilities like elemental vulnerabilities and strengths balance out each other um the way you can sort of pace that out with different party uh mixes some characters are strong with certain things and have uh combination attacks that work well with other characters in the party um so there's a there's a surprising amount of uh mechanical uh density that it smartly evolves fairly slowly but uh enough to keep it engaging there's also one of, if not the best, like mini game gambling type deal uh, inside inside this game, um, and more uh, more than that, it manages to tell like a really touching, um, really lovely story that celebrates the sort of like that is almost I think kind of schmaltzy and cheesy sometimes. Um, if if you're bringing sort of a cynical approach, but it does have a level of earnest positivity and earnest sincerity and kindness that I think is, is uh, muchly needed and is, is really nice to see in a game like this. Um, and I just thought it was, it was a delight from, from start to finish. I did all the things uh, and I thought it was just fantastic. Um, I, I think that this game, I played a lot of fucking JRPGs this year. I play a lot of fucking JRPGs every year. I think this was the one I had the most fun with and the one that I definitely stuck. I mean, I, I finished it. Uh, I 100%ed it to get that cool ending. 
as well. Um, and I think there's a lot of stuff that works about the game. I think it has a lot of great characters and a lot of great story beats and uh, a sort of uh, overarching plot that left me a little bit cold. But in terms of just playing it, it is really every fight is pretty fun to play. And that is an incredible accomplishment for a turn-based role-playing game where you are doing like a lot of the same shit over and over again. Yeah. Just between the the timing mechanics and like the the roulette sort of um like turn skipping stuff, it's all just so so good. Um and and I just couldn't even even it's like the inverse of what JRPGs usually are to me. Like I'll play a Dragon Quest game even though it has like uh, pretty boring combat just to like see this world. And in this one, it was uh, uh, almost the opposite. Um, but, but still, I mean, I, I, I love this game. It has a very special place in my heart. And it even made me go back and play the messenger. Cause like, I wanted to know like what their sort of shared world stuff they, they had planned. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I would echo the, the combat stuff that I didn't, play nearly as much as justin or griffin did uh mostly because yeah this the the like writing the dialogue and the narrative overall i found to be dull i know i know it gets more interesting over time but uh I, it just didn't do it for me but the combat was terrific so it, it actually kind of bums me out that i wasn't being drawn through with the narrative as well because if that was also strong i think it would be one of my favorite games ever um in the way that like Chrono Trigger had both yeah. the story and the combat both felt like a blast to play. And I think this was trying to capture that, but didn't quite get there for me at least. And Blasphemous too. Uh, as you guys know, I play a lot of these games, maybe everyone yeah. that comes out pretty much. <laughs> I haven't played the Ebenezer Scrooge Metroidvania, but I do play a lot of them. Is that out yet? It is actually really out. I hear it's okay. <laughs> I, I hear it's okay. Blasphemous 2 uh, is a Metroidvania inspired by the aesthetics of Spanish Catholicism and the gameplay of Souls-like games. It's uh, pixel uh, graphics, 2D pixel art. Um, it's one of the most stunning 2D games I've ever seen in my life. It is like pound for pound, totally gorgeous and also like disturbing and creative in how its NPCs look and how its enemies look, uh, the environments. And um, it has this layer of narrative going on that is constantly fascinating to me, even though I could like only kind of mentally piece it together on my own. I went afterwards, went back and, and watched like YouTube of people explaining what was going on. But Same. I was just like totally enraptured by this world and mostly blown away by how strong the minute-to-minute gameplay is, moving through the world in Metroidvania and having like combat sequences and stuff like that tends to be secondary um, to exploration in games like uh, Metroid and stuff like that. Exploration is like the heart and soul of those games. And this game, I think, nails both exploration and combat in really creative ways uh, where you're using like the weapons that you find to activate different um, objects in the world to give you a, li a, a lift up through a double jump or breaking through barriers with an air dash, stuff like that. I don't know, man. I I've played, again, I play a ton of these games. This is unquestionably the best of these 2D Metroidvanias since Hollow Knight. Um, I don't think it's as good as Hollow Knight, but it's extremely close. 
and I was I was totally blown away by what they pulled off here. It, it's right. so funny. Congratulations, because... <laughs> Sea of Stars. I, this kind of did the same thing to me that Sea of Stars did, which is that I played Blasphemous, like I played the Messenger. Neither one clicked with me, and then I played Sea of Stars. Had to play the Messenger. Played Blasphemous too. I beat the shit out of it also, and then had to go back and play Blasphemous one. Uh, and I, I I echo everything that Russ said. I think I think the game is just amazing. Um, Justin, I have a question for you. Yes. How much Blasphemous two did you play? Uh, quite a bit actually. Um, I, I it, they were all kind of the same levels and stuff. But let me see. It was like there were like snakes around and dragons and weird angels. Do you guys? <laughs> I don't it was like no, it was like there was like a creepy like corpse <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> Hold on one second, I'm looking it up. I, and by looking yeah. it up, are you looking at the Steam screenshots? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm telling you about some of the different enemies that I encountered okay. in my time. Uh, okay, I got, I did, a, yeah, I did a lot of these. Uh, I did the, yeah, I did all of them. I got the double jump. I got. This is this is very frustrating to me, guys, because it sounds like I'm making it up. No, no, that's I, fine. In fact, I did play quite a bit of the game. I just haven't heard you I, talk about it, so I wasn't sure how much you actually. I'm not played. trying. No, I, it it eventually got to a point where I was like not super interested. In it, but I did the okay. I unlocked fast travel, the good fast travel. Yeah, yeah, Does you that, played oh, it. That's yeah, fine. That's okay, that's, that's, so I played a whole. That's lot. funny. Um, um, yeah, I mean, this is. I think this comes down purely to taste, as a lot of these do. Well, does it? That's interesting because you said, uh, Russ, if I can check the record here, you said that if the story had clicked with you, it uh, Sea of Stars would be, would be one of the best games you ever played. And then you said that to understand the story of Blasphemous, you had to read the internet about, but it, about but it. But it so, clicked with wow. me. Okay, dog, but you got to be careful. Now listen, Juice. Yeah. I'm hey, all, listen, I'm, I'm just, hey, listen, listen, no, you listen. I want to be on he your side. It comes down here. to taste, and we can't account for each other's taste, so right. we have to go based on the words that we're saying. Right. Oh no. Yeah. I've been carefully choosing mine. There's I don't know a if difference. Else has here, been. Let me let me address that because I'm I'm yeah. happy to. There's a difference between finding a story kind of dull, which I know it gets better. See a stars. I'm not negging it. I know it gets better, but I found it kind of dull at the beginning. There's a difference between that and being in, intrigued in what's going on, even though you don't fully understand it. In the way that you watch, what was that Natalie Portman movie with the bear? Monster and the lighthouse closer. And I called. Oh, um, yeah. With a C, Annihilation. In the way that I watched Annihilation, I was like, I don't think I know what the fuck is going on in this movie, but I am really interested in it and want to know more. That's how I felt playing with Blasphemous too. Like that's how engaged Mm. I was with that. So I don't, I don't (laughs) think it's a one to one. Like no, I know it's not. Obviously, um, I. Uh, I don't know. I really, I, I played a lot of Blasphemous 2, and I think it's a really, really good one of those. Um, but it, it's also didn't feel so very different from some some of the, the way that those other games sort of play out that I felt like it was something that I absolutely needed to, to see through. Do you um, think Sea of Stars point. is just like a really, really good one of those? Uh, no, there's not a really, there's not a, there's not a yeah, that, that happens way less often. We, we that, I, I would agree with that. 
You said, yeah, yeah. again, Russ, if I could just check the record here, you said you play a lot of these a year, is the quote that I'm saying. Oh, yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Sea of Stars, does that kind of game does not happen very often. So I'm in total agreement on that front. If it, but I mean, I'm also not against, like, I I mean, I like Souls-inspired stuff, you know, always. I'll I'll check out most of those. Um, uh, you know, it's tough for me, honestly, guys. My my own personal struggle here is that the the entire experience of Sea of Stars and playing it is is one that like I really treasure and I really value. But I also know that like just speaking from my own experience, I have had to push people into finish like keeping going with that. It has been like recurrent enough that it's like an in joke at this point and like that's not anything that you can account for other than you know the uh, pacing issues or or whatever no, um, i i i think sea of stars should move forward because it fulfills the perfect besties narrative of justin dunking on a game before he played it slowly falling in love with it it becoming his favorite game and then us killing it at the final leg of the besties bracket i would i would this along a little bit I would suggest this as a solve. As the uh, as the person who's played both of these games to completion at the end of it, I am fine leaving it to Griffin. Um I I think they are both fantastic. I think the metric I usually come down to uh here on on the the Goaty special of the besties is which one is going to stick with me more and I think that is Sea of Stars. Um, so I'm, I, that after much deliberation, that one gets my vote. Okay. Excellent. Should we, should we take a break? Take a break. Oh, well, Fresh, before we take a break, do you want to throw it off the cliff or do you leave that to us? Do you want Buried Alive? Or... Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes I, you get I guess that, Buried so. Alive seems appropriate given the Catholicism infused with it. You know, you <laughs> what does that mean? Man. Put it on a spike. Put it on a spike and have this spike stick it out of the ground, and then have people run past it and have it like sort of move while they run past it. I mean, that's the spike is a wiener and also a sword. (laughs) At least that's what your t shirt says. Let's take a break and uh, let's come back. We'll talk about more video games. Is that fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print, little details, and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. <laughs> okay, play it. What did you mean by shut up and play the hits when you were pitting Resident Evil 4 remake against Spider-Man 2? I mean what I damn well said. Shut Whoa. up and play the hits. I don't want to have to hear you tell me about video game theory. I don't want to hear about ideas. I don't want to oh. have to listen to your story if I don't want to. I want to shoot people in the face or I want a web swing around New York City. And everything else is just fluff. Video games. Mm. Welcome. 2023 besties. I'll, this is a new I'll, Chris Plan original. I'll put it another <laughs> way. That was great, Chris Plan. I'll put it another way. These are both games that were made previously in a lot of ways and enhanced with these iterations. But like the enhancement was like not uh, the, ma I don't know, the like overwhelm. It wasn't like a total transformation in the enhancement. It was more just like a, you know, like a 30% enhancement over the previous entry. Is that fair to say? For Resident yeah. Evil 4 Remake? Yeah. Nah, dog. I think that the, that is hugely underselling the work that, that has been done on Resident Evil 4 Remake. I, I've, I've played Resident Evil 4 a few different ways, a few different versions. This, this is a whole different... I mean, it is, uh, you know, it's the same game, but God damn, it the is much better. That has been done here is wild. It is such a different beast, such a better. I, I, I think uh, I, I get what Fresh means, though, in that this is taking ideas that really work. These are some classic f flavors, right? Like this is a peanut butter sandwich, and they're like, "Hey, a lot's changed since just peanut butter. It's time to add jelly." And you're like, "Fuck! I can't believe we ever lived without jelly." <laughs> But it's still like a, I think a jelly came first, for what it's worth. But go on. Yeah, you're, well, I, yeah I, I, think, I, I think you're definitely right. <laughs> it is wild. This game and and the Resident Evil Two remake of like how much Capcom has been able to take great games yeah. and make them even better. Like I, I I we are often quite dismissive of like remakes and remasters, uh, and I think for good reason because God knows we've played enough of them that have been just sort of uh, uninspiring, to say the least, but man. And even good ones, like Evil that, that Dead Space remake, I thought was an excellent remake. The Dead remake. Space remake was amazing. I think yeah. I would actually, I, for me, if I were putting this list together, I would actually have a hard time picking between Dead Space and Resident Evil. Wow, that's interesting just because the, 
Dead Space remake, I don't, I mean, it cha- it definitely changed stuff, but I think it changed way less than Resident Evil 4 did. Yeah, I'm just talking about in terms of like, I don't know, they were both remakes of amazing horror games that sure. really hit the spot for yeah. me. Um, mm. But I beat Resident Evil 4 remake, I think, four or five times. Yeah, you went uh, hard. What was it about point? this one that, that kept you coming back, Griff? Um, I think that uh, they, first of all, did some stuff to make sort of like speed running a thing you can do, like uh, shooting the bell at the beginning of the game to like skip the whole uh, uh, <laughs> sequence in the town. There's like all kinds of stuff that they did that made the idea of beating it in under two hours like doable. Uh, and I don't know, it's, it is, I enjoyed playing this game in this way and they really set it up in a way that kind of like encourages it. So like every time that you go through and fulfill one of these like bonkers finish requirements, like, uh, beat the game in under a a couple hours without saving seven times and, uh, play on the hardest difficulty, like all of that stuff was just like. It, it was really fun, and it turned the, the game into kind of a, uh, well, in the runs where I couldn't save, honestly, a roguelike, that was sort of the most thrilling and most terrifying sort of gaming experience I've had in uh, a very, very long time. Because when you've put a, uh, a long time into a run, and then, uh, you know, you're being surrounded by big, scary zombie monsters, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty great. Unless we have uh, somebody who's really going to champion Spider-Man 2, I-, I would like to play more <laughs> Resident Evil 4 Remake uh, between now and next week. I so think, ju- I think Justin forward. is the person that's going to champion Spider-Man 2. Justin, go I, for it. Yeah, yeah the hi. one who platinum. Oh, I, 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 was go- I, I wanted to say an ode to it, so I've got love too. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, man. Okay, so Spider-Man 2 is an extremely good video game. All the things that are good about Spider-Man 2 are extremely good. They're good in kind of a thankless way, I would mm. say. They're, they mm-hmm. it may take a more refined palate to notice all the ways <laughs> that Spider Man is good. Not um, the palate of a dullard is what you're getting. No, right? no, no, not a simpleton's palate, uh-huh. but p- palate of a refined person, uh, a person of breeding. You understand, a person of class. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so look in the grand annals of uh, uh, Besties Game of the Year conversations. I this is not the sort of game we move forward. I feel like in this yeah. in this particular conversation, uh, it is uh, remarkably polished um, in a way that is uh, really a- amazing. Considering how much of it there is, um, every way that the Spider Man, the first Spider Man game was kind of a uh, did not work. This one does, um, and I I. Uh, all the missions are better. All the stories are better. All the acting is better. Uh, they learned so much doing Miles Morales, I guess, uh, that, and they brought a lot of it into it. It's very cool to see two um, main characters in a Spider-Man game that you can flip back and forth at will. Um, everything's better about it than the first one, and the first one was the best Spider-Man game ever made. So Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man game ever made, and uh, Resident Evil 4 is also remarkable. So I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I don't know if you came here for me to try to dunk on Resident Evil 4, but it's not going to happen because it's outstanding. No, I, um, I didn't want that either. I, I, I love. Like, I, I feel like, to me, Resident Evil 4 is, uh, they're, they're, they, they both succeed similarly, but they take very different paths getting there. I feel like uh, Resident Evil 4 was very much about like, Let's take all the cool stuff that's here and ditch all the cruft. Like, let's yeah. get rid of all the crap and just keep the really 
cool parts and build these other cool things around those cool parts yeah. uh, and, and make you feel like make you understand in 2023 why this experience was so good the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. That's really cool. And Spider-Man, too, is this like, OK, it's got to be a crowd pleasing it's it's incredibly fun. It's incredibly uh, a, a, it's a joy to play. I think it is a really good example of like the stuff that super talented people can achieve when it is a properly financed and managed project. You know what I mean? It's it's more of a, a, a it is outdoing with scale uh, and and firepower, technical firepower a lot. Uh, but I I I I can't really it, the passion. I think is going to be more there across all of us for for Resident Evil 4 which I thought was great. I didn't personally uh see it through but uh I th- I think it was uh great. And and anything that can hook Griffin that much I think is there's a uh, yeah. to that. One one last nice thing I want to say about Spider-Man really quick is I thought I was done with this sort of open world fill out the laundry list sort of game and it nails every little thing so well and that it, one it trims away a lot of the junk the stuff that it does keep is so pleasurable it finds a way to tell interesting stories even with the kind of like uh filler side quest and putting just cause in a spider-man game is an inspired idea it's just i know that some people are not going to like the the accuracy of spider-man being able to fly but it feels extremely cool flying around new york city at breakneck speeds yeah why shouldn't you be able to do that because spider-man can't well superman's not they don't make superman games so let spider-man fly around it's stupid okay so uh, congrats to resident evil 4 remake next we have puzzling uh i guess this is just a puzzle game category and we've got uh connections which is on the new york times games page and cocoon which is a very cool top-down, I guess, uh, alien puzzle game. Who wants to tackle... I'm happy to talk about Connections, connections. if somebody else wants to talk about Connections. Sure. Uh, these, were all, uh, connection... these were both fan votes, by the way. Oh, great. Uh, I play Connections uh, every single night with, with my nine-year-old. Uh, she, she and I both love uh, Connections. Uh, it popped, I think we started a few months ago. Basic idea is you're th- think of a four by four grid. The grid is each square in the grid is populated by one word. And those 16 words can be broken into four groups of four that are thematically connected in some way. And some of those connections are very like, uh, literal and direct, you know, like, uh, trying to think yesterday, one of the categories was uh, uh, the four of the words were like coil, spring, wind, and twist, and it was like ways to wrap something around something else was that was the uniting thing. So some of them are uh, a little more direct, like that. Some of them are more like uh, you know single word TV show titles that have a psychiatrist in them. I don't know, but uh, typically there's also some red herrings where. Words from those individual groups of fours could theoretically be in, like, you like know, you'll glee. see five words. Yeah, you'll see like five words that are a flavor of ice cream, yeah. right? So you know, one of those is not a flavor of ice cream, but it's kind of there to 
to to throw you off. So you have to win away the other groups before you know what that group is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's basically a game about how well you can free associate between concepts and find thematic connections. This to me, the reason this works is it feels like the evolution of Wordle. I think obviously Wordle had its moment, continues to still have its moment, but uh, had its moment where the entire world was playing Wordle. This evolves that such that like, I think there's more of a social conversation with this because everyone's sort of in the same boat, even though Wordle, same deal, but I don't know. This feels like more of a conversation starter. Um, and uh, I, I've been really, I, I just started playing like right around Thanksgiving and it's been really great. Every time I boot it up, it's like always a really fun, interesting experience. Um, yeah. Someone else can talk Cocoon if you if you would like. I don't have anything. Cocoon is a alien-inspired puzzle game where you are, are controlling this little bug creature. And... A lot of it, it sur- surrounds um, kind of these logic puzzles. you want me to puzzles. lend you a hand? Please. Do you want me to lend you a hand on this? Please, please. C- it's really hard to summarize this game. It's really hard. Cocoon is a bug. <laughs> Sorry. Cocoon is a puzzle game set in a world that doesn't look or behave like ours. It looks distinctly alien in a Giger-esque way. And as a result getting through it there's like no traditional story there's no dialogue no nothing like that you're just a bug who is pushing around balls and the way that this universe works is it is kind of inception like one universe within another universe so the balls that you're pushing around you can actually step into and then solve puzzles within those balls and you can solve puzzles within balls within inside those balls and it's balls upon balls upon balls as you shovel you solve you solve alien puzzles. Yes, I think that's a, a well done and impressive. Uh, I think for people that Not like games, th- thank you. Pretty close. Uh, I think for people that like games like Portal, specifically the puzzles in Portal, not the narrative, but the puzzles. Uh, this is scratching a very similar itch. Uh, Limbo is another comparison. Those sorts of games uh, where you're kind of observing the environment and then using new tools at your disposal to solve the various puzzles in the game. Um, I spoke at length about this game on a Resties episode, specifically that it was not my favorite just because it felt very restrictive in the way you solved puzzles. Just by design, there was like an answer to the problem. And if you didn't know that answer, you could get really frustrated and kind of stuck. I know Plant got stuck at one moment and then you know, there are other moments that I got stuck. So I think that happens a lot just by nature of there being one answer to the problem. But because the aesthetics and because the just moving through the world was so engaging and interesting, it, it definitely stuck with me longer than it normally would have. Um, this is not like a Sokoban game where I'm like totally disinterested in moving forward. Like I would really wanted to see more of the game because it was just so visually interesting. Um but yeah, it's not my number one um, just because because the style wasn't quite my preference. Yeah, I I I I uh, I really bounced off this one pretty hard. It's so funny because I I have talked so much about Chance of Sonar, and I don't know that it necessarily is so profoundly different. But it, with Cocoon, I just felt like it was just looking for the the right staircase to get mm-hmm. the ball that you needed to 
put the ball in this hole so you can go up these stairs. I think it is different because I think Chance of Sonar feels empowering insofar as you feel like clever for solving the thing. And you get a little bit of that in Cocoon, but there are a lot of moments where it's just, as you said, like, oh, I did the right order of raising the stairs and lowering these stairs, and that was the solution. Yes. And it just doesn't have that same, like, impact for me. Um, Which is to say, I think Connections takes this one pretty handily, but I think Cocoon is still a really good game. I think it's on Game Pass if you're interested in those sorts of games. Um, Yeah, the visuals and the aesthetic of it is fantastic. Yeah, it's just, and maybe that's part of the problem is that it is so kind of alien and is committed to that bit that I had trouble connecting with it at a certain point. I think um, I would have been way more into it if I had more ability to, like, not be like rigidly stuck to platforms and and or if like the balls had like some physics associated with them. But be, again, yeah. because it's so rigid, which I understand from a puzzle solving standpoint, like that's good game design to limit what you're able to do at any given moment. Um, It just didn't quite click for me. To that end, okay, I'm just having to ask because I know other people will ask, why why are we including connections? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm just raising the question. Oh, in in the, as a video game, you mean? sense, yes. Uh, I mean, I played it on a screen. I don't think it's that different from like Spell Tower, which was an I- I- iPad game. I don't okay. know. Yeah. That's fine. It just seems wild to not ask because mm-hmm. it's in the paper. <laughs> Is it also in the paper? I actually haven't seen a printed yeah. version of it. I don't know. I don't live in New York. You're going to have to check. Seems like seems it would like be difficult to, filled out here. <laughs> to figure out. I guess you could just put numbers in the corner. To, I don't know. In the first episode of the Besties, Goaty, we did put Neopets on there. So I think that there's precedent <laughs> for a browser base. Cool. Uh, okay. So I mean, the answer is it's our show we do. What we want. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Connections is fun, by the way. I play it every day. Some days it's really irritating because it's, it's, some puzzles are better than others, just like the crossword. Yeah. Some are clever and cute, and some of them are a little cloying. So next we have. Fractured fairy tales, I guess, maybe the weakest of the categories that Chris Plant came up with to bundle these two together. But that's okay because it's two excellent games uh, that I really enjoyed. I guess Lies of P. Did anyone else play Lies of P? This was a fan vote. Yeah, yeah man, I played a lot okay. of Lies of P. Oh, yeah, right. We, cool. we talked about it. Right. Because it's the Pinocchio game. I love this game. I think this game fucking yeah. rules. Yeah. It's cool. I like Lies P a lot. It's really cool. It's a really, uh, it should have been so much dumber than it is. Yeah. It is, and it is having, I would say, the right amount of camp fun with how dark and twisted it is. It feels like, uh, it's like if American McGee had a sense of humor, you know what I mean? <laughs> like this is, I feel like Lies P would be the kind of thing you'd make. Uh, it also like evolves the soul. Obviously, it's very inspired by souls, like very inspired by souls. But it also evolves it's it specific. Specific. What we've said that about a lot of games, but like this one is like specifically Bloodborne. Like it's wild how much it's like Bloodborne. Like it's yeah. a lot, right? Lot, it's it's yeah. kind of like Bloodborne. It's kind of like how in in like the mid like the late two thousands, early twenty teens, when everything had RPG mechanics grafted onto it. You know what I mean? I, I feel like yeah. that is sort of the analogy with like bonfires and some of those Dark Soulsian like type mechanics. But Bloodborne didn't have a P organ. 
That's true. Such a good point. And people aren't saying that enough, that's, Flint. You're right. That's true. They forget. I also want to give props to Liza P. Even though it was comically inspired by uh, Bloodborne, the fact that they added mechanics, specifically the like weapon crafting mechanics, like that is a feature that I want from software to steal from Lies of P. Yeah. Because it gave so much control over how you played and what weapons you used to the player rather mm. than having to like, oh, I spent all my resources on these two things, so I guess I'm going to use these two things for the rest of the game. It, it gave a lot of control, not just control, but like the ability to not gate stuff like and just let you play the way that you like to play. Yeah. And still get let you have access to the fun stuff. Like it's not about closing doors to you, which I feel like a lot of those where that you focus on a weapon specialization and go really far down a certain path is much more about like closing the doors to you. This is just sort of like, I don't know, go mess around with it, see if you yeah. like it or not. I, I feel like the people who didn't click with this game, the issue is that the world design felt, I guess, too simple or not as, you know, like detailed as a FromSoft game. But I I, I kind of admire that they knew what their strengths were. Like, they, they aren't so... The world isn't so bad or so boring. It just... I never felt like that was the thing that they were most fascinated by. I thought that they... Like you mentioned, Fresh, the the weapon and combat systems were were where they were putting most of their time. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I, again, you're right. I didn't think the world was that bad. I think it actually got better... It's one of those rare games that, like, yeah. the further you get into it, the environments got more and more complicated and, like, involved and and kind of loop back on on themselves more. I'm thinking of, like, the convention center uh, level, which, like, really felt very um, much on the level of, like, a Souls-type environment, uh, which I dug. Yeah, and it's a, it's a sick-ass game. It's also going up against a very similar game in Super Mario <laughs> Wonder... Uh, <laughs> look, I, I did. I think I did. You a did a very good, good job. job with these categories. You did a very good job. You're no, always going to yeah. have the weird one, and yeah. this one's a weird one. It's unfortunate too because I think both these games could move forward. Like they're both quite good. Super Mario Wonder just happens to be like the best 2D Mario game since the original ones. Oh, that's interesting. Do you don't yeah. agree? Hey, this might be a this might be a while, but. I think I like Super. I think I like Liza P better than Super Mario Wonder. Fam. Yeah, me too. I, I, tell I, me, I, tell I, me why. What, what didn't work for you about Wonder? Or I guess <sighs> what what worked but didn't quite get there. Okay, I have I've had a really hard time clicking with a lot of the most recent two D Mario games, mm. um, like the new Super Mario uh, sort of brand. Uh, just did not do it for me. I think Super Mario Odyssey is. One of the best games ever made. I think the 3D lineage has been so fucking strong. And the 2D has not. I think the best 2D Mario game that's come out in the past forever is Mario Maker 2. Because it is all about what makes 2D Mario like super duper fun, right? This game has a lot of really funny and memorable set pieces. And I don't think that it is the kind of like super tight, super rewarding, like platforming uh like uh romp that i i kind of wanted it to be uh and so you think yeah, it's, it, it, you think it's that's interesting so you think it's more like uh like a a ride than it is like 
like a 2D like platforming, like a Super Meat Boy. That's maybe like, a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, I, I I found myself propelled through this game solely to see the crazy ways that like the Wonder Seeds would change the levels yeah. and uh, all of that. I did not find it particularly fun or exciting to play. Um, that makes so much sense. I mean, I, I it, it also explains why I like it and why it didn't click for you and what each of us want from these sorts of games, which is you are a super mario brothers the lost level sort of dude you you like a really good challenge you like to memorize your path through it you are somebody who speed runs correct me if i'm wrong on any, any of these um and then i am wow nintendo has so many bizarre weird beautiful ideas and i if i am faced with that challenge i'll admire it but i will not end up seeing it through and this is like a game for someone like me who is is going to bounce off the ultra hardcore um, Super Mario Maker 2 levels that people are making online. And I'll just end up watching them on YouTube um, I, because I, I agree. I, I think, I, I think that fair... this is like a joyride. Yes, I, I would agree with that. I, I For me, it is less about the difficulty, although I think that that is like I think the difficulty specifically in a platformer platformers, if you think about them like mechanically, like you're moving around and jumping. And maybe there's a button that makes a bubble come out. It's like not a lot of shit, that's, right? That's and platformers. So, that's platformers, people. <laughs> and I really need the game. Uh, difficulty, I think, really forces you to engage with those mechanics and feel some level of like mastery with them, right? I'm willing to look over that for something like uh, Super Mario Wonder because like, I'm going to play it with my seven-year-old who you know didn't get all the B-sides in Celeste, right? Like isn't a fucking sweaty platformer gamer like myself. Uh, but then the game does stuff that I found kind of punishing for that too. Like there's a bunch of characters um, and some of them are invincible, which is cool, but they can't turn into elephants. And that's very frustrating for the <laughs> child. Uh, and uh, there's there's just little stuff like that. That uh, There's like a death timer. If you, if you get killed, you have five seconds to respawn and then it eats up a life. We were just going through lives like nobody's fucking business. And that was getting very frustrating. So it wasn't like, I don't know, if it had been a more casual joyride, that would have been fun. Or if it had been, if it had like been a more difficult thing, it just, I don't know. I, I really, uh, this one turned me off really That's fast. That's 100% where I landed with, with wonder. I really, I, I think it was so, uh, cool to see sort of the different ideas that they brought to Mario, like to see the different takes on that traditional formula, different positions, different, um, perspectives, even, but I, for me, I, I without that, di without the difficulty there, I don't, I find just finding those secrets and those unlockables and those hidden, you know, versions of the level to be sort of their own exercise and like, oh, I'm doing it. I don't, I, I know how to do it. I know what I'm doing and I trigger it and I see it, but it's not particularly fun to like go after those. Like, I don't feel, you don't feel ownership like you accomplish yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. I feel like anybody could have like done this. Which is fine. I don't need games to be challenging. But if you, it's like Griff said, if if you approach this uh, seeking out the difficulty, those spikes are still all over the place. Games that are really hard also have to be really fair and really considerate of how they build your skills and 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 that kind of thing. Um, and so this is not that game, which is also fine. It's like completely. I, I don't need games to be hard. We were talking about a uh, little Gator game quite a few times in the past few days. Like I don't need games to be hard either. It's just. 
Uh, I You're just saying you want a the... super hard game like Lies of P to stomp <laughs> Mario's neck. No. I get it. It's cool. I'm not. Hey, I can't stop you. I de- for whatever it is. Even when I'm meeting Mario, exactly where it is, I have never like it. Just doesn't. Uh, uh, it just doesn't connect with me. I I I, I just don't find it like uh, something I want to keep. You're saying to. I. It's a you. It's a not a him. Uh. <laughs> 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 that was good. Can, can we take a step back and look? Back in time to the beginning yeah. of the year when we were making predictions and Justin had his jokey Pinocchio prediction about this stupid Pinocchio yeah. game. Can you imagine back then picturing a scenario where the Pinocchio game <laughs> would knock Mario out the first <laughs> like original 2D Mario game in like 20 years? I didn't even guys, this I out. didn't even finish Lies of P. Like, like I just like I like it more in my brain. I just like it more. <laughs> I, if you if you were like Justin, you have to play. Here's here's what I'm going on, guys. I put about the same amount of time into both of them. If you told me right now I had to go play an hour of one of them, it would be Lies of P. Yeah, I'm sorry, same. that's where I'm at. That'd be sick. I wonder what cool puppets on me. <laughs> Fight a donkey? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> P organ? Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I think I will. Thanks. Uh, you know, I went into this, and Lies of P was, I think, number ten on my top ten list, and and Wonder was like five. I think you guys might have convinced me. Hell yeah! I think it, I think okay. it happened because I beat Lies of P, and I fucking loved it. I didn't. I thought I would have to give more of an ode to it, but I'm I'm glad that it clicked for other people as well. It's well, a, so many wild twisted turns this year on the besties. Um, Wonder is a delight, though. Like I really don't want this to in any way detract. It's just my own personal. I really like Wonder. It's a delight. Like, really you know what it is it. also that is not doing Mario Wonder any favors is that Nintendo's first party output has been fucking hot shit. And if it lets me down in categories that I have seen it do better in in the past, I have I it is it is crushingly disappointing. I personally Speaking think it of. is I think it's the best um 2D uh, Mario game since World. Uh so it's been like legit 20 years or however long that is since World 25 years. So I think they did accomplish that and it is an amazing, amazing game. But yeah, no, I, I would echo everything that's been said and uh, holy shit. Talk about an upset. No kidding. Wow. Speaking of Nintendo, our final category for today, remixing mega open worlds. We have The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is building upon the foundation of Breath of the Wild. And we have Cyberpunk, which is building on Cyberpunk. <laughs> they did yeah, well, it. Well, one of these, the game. Yeah, heartbreaking. I think this game. Yeah, is, this, uh, this is painful. Tears of the Kingdom. Because I would say, I think of all the games on this list that I did not see coming, even more than Lies of P. I would say the, a DLC an expansion to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, a game I reviled, uh, was going to win me over as much as it did. But man, it it sure did. What a good ass. What a good-ass DLC. It really shows just how impressive the bones of that game eventually became because it is one of the best open-world experiences I've ever had. Uh, I think it wipes the floor with, you know, some of the other open-world games that have come out of the last several years on a visual storytelling gameplay front. And man, 
I'm just like, like Phantom, Phantom Liberty specifically was like a really good story campaign and just like nested within the framework that is uh, cyberpunk, which is very, very strong. I, I think if you separate out um, like the improvements to cyberpunk from the idea of like what we are considering this year, right? I think even then Phantom Liberty stands on its own really well. Like I have, I've, uh, I love cyberpunk shit, like the genre, um, the lower C cyberpunk, I guess. Uh, and I, I felt like cyberpunk 2077 kind of didn't really scratch the itch in the way that I wanted. And I felt like Phantom Liberty was like a full blown, it was like the ghost in the shell sort of like, mm -hmm. uh, immersive RPG uh, that that I that I've always wanted. Yeah, very uh, focused. Uh, yeah. Insofar as like most of the story takes place in this one area, but mm -hmm. very. Uh, I guess we'll go back to the word holistic. Insofar as because you are, uh, I think in the original core cyberpunk, you're constantly getting like phone calls from 16 different people and being pulled in all these different directions, and it was hard to like kind of put your uh, mitts on the main story unless you like really just mainlined it. And here, this all felt like it was all kind of building to an eventual climax within Phantom Liberty um, that just, yeah, made it really land the plane in a fantastic way. Um, and I'm so happy that so many people that either bounced off of Cyberpunk initially or never got a chance to play it have what is unquestionably one of the greatest open world games ever made now in where, where this game is at. I'm I'm really it's interesting how my perspective has shifted on this. It's, it's similar to the arc you saw with uh obviously um No Man's Sky is the biggest example. Um I know there are others Ubisoft has pulled it off a couple times now uh in the multiplayer world, but I I think it's it's really cool to see games that like for economic reasons or financial reasons more accurately like are are put out uh, before they're a hundred percent ready. And rather than that, just be marked as a failure or something that is, you know, an embarrassment that people have the runway to actually see something through to its full potential and not like chuck all the work and time and effort mm. and care that went into it, you know, before that launch to, to be able to like make all that stuff as good as it can be. Um, I think is really cool. And it's a really good use of people's time. I don't know how, what that means for the end consumer. Like if it's fair, that they get a product that isn't, you know, reaching its full potential on launch day. But uh, as somebody who's like seeing, if you take it a little more holistically, I think it's good that people are getting to uh, bring these to their final, their final vision. It feels like where in in each of those situations, kind of when the creatives were able to take more command of the project, because I think mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about No Man's Sky, but I know for sure with Cyberpunk, it was. 100% a we, we you know we've spent hundreds of millions or however much they've spent in developing that game it needs to come out figure yeah, it out no matter what we ain't spending no more and i can <laughs> i i actually talked to Cauterize some of, the i actually talked to some of the uh folks at cd project while i was at the tgas and you can you could sense it how like bum they were because they knew what was going to happen when the game got pushed out when it did and there was nothing they could really do about it. And and but thankfully after launch, there was something they could do about it and they and they were able to kind of right the ship. So that is a good story. I agree with you. It's not necessarily fair to consumers, but guess what, consumers? Don't pre-order games. 
don't buy them before they're out. You should read. They're you expensive. Trust your podcasting friends. Yes. The besties. Uh, so uh, Also, yeah. I, I mentioned this on a recent episode. It is uh, the, the golf in the writing between this and some, let's say, other open world games that came out this year <laughs> was so staggering uh, that it, it really made this feel like, I don't know, I felt like I was playing fucking Breaking Bad, the video game, at certain points. I love how in this DLC campaign, just everything goes wrong all the time. Yeah, You are just always fucking up and on the brink of death and everything. And is Idris just is just yelling at you and you're loving everything. Idris is yelling at you and you have to choose... Uh, where your loyalties lie, I man, uh, yeah, this this shit rules. Now, here's what I'm gonna say: before this was added to the list, Justin, I rightly, I get it, wanted to be really clear because he wanted to make sure that we weren't crediting Cyberpunk for its entire uh, element, you know, the entire game, but rather just for Phantom Liberty, because it wouldn't be fair to another game that came out. Uh, this year uh, that only had, I guess, the year rather than the three years that Cyberpunk spent hey, fixing it. Uh, no Man's Sky had a fucking great year. Great yeah, experiences mean, this year. Yeah, right. for sure. So, so that's that's a good comparison. Um, uh, so if it, uh, but I, I just wanted to say that because if it was Cyberpunk in totality, so the DLC and the main game and everything, this would be a fucking tight race for me against Zelda. Like really, really tight. I don't know who it's would win, it's cool. but it's not. So, thanks to Justin. Um, Tears of the Kingdom is fucking insane. And I spent 150 hours <laughs> just, like, absorbing it and living in that world and loving it. And when I finished, I was finally able to look shit up. And I found a treasure trove of insane creations that people made using the building mechanics. And I was, like, just awash with, like, joy over the world and the tool set that they created. Um, I loved it. I what kills me that they're not doing dlc it really does like destroy me really bums me out but uh i need to accept it and bask in the joy that i had from playing it uh originally which and and i'm sure i'll go back and play it again someday uh but man uh this game is fucking stellar and uh i love it yeah i mean it kicks ass and uh so does this cyberpunk dlc but i for me zelda kicks more ass <laughs> i think for considerable if that's the margin, I would say. Yeah, it's it's you know, and and it is deal. It's it's just a, a side thing. It's just a little side adventure, a little snack, it, just a little, a little treat. You've been so good lately. I I, uh, I think that also I want to give credit to uh, whoever is directing the performances in Cyberpunk because that can't that has to be a completely different skill set, and they have managed to elicit like two pretty good performances from two pretty good actors that probably have a lot of ways that they are used to doing things uh, in front of a camera. So I, I think that there must be some really impressive uh, ways that they're translating like performance to uh, um, the, 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 the digital simulacra of it. I think the voice actors of both V's also are putting on a fucking clinic. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. In terms of like taking a, taking a, a character whose writing should make them insufferable, but instead as they're, you know, Actually, very badass. Um, so Zelda, winner, yeah, yeah there is, I think that's uh, right. uh, Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa shocking man. turn of <laughs> What, guys? You shouldn't. Have. <laughs> My birthday was a month ago, guys. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Zimako! Zimako! <laughs> we will be talking about that game in January, by the way. Just you can look forward <laughs> to that. We will be singing about that game just, so our ancestors can hear it in the trees. <laughs> we will connect with AWA and we will all feel the game and see the game and know the game. Yeah, just as soon as the Ubisoft Connect uh, app does allow me to install it to my computer. It <laughs> <laughs> will stink in the skies. Uh, one sec. Once I get it to work, once I get this shit to work, Sivako, baby. Uh, I don't think we need to do honorable mentions. We've spent a lot of time, but we should recap. Pint, you want to recap the winners that are going to be moving on? Now, are you going to reorganize these into thematic groups again, or is it going to be more numerical? No, I think I should. I think okay. I, I I think we want to give it the best shot to make for. It'll good get increasingly sweaty. Yeah, it's going to get. Really <laughs> no, no, no. They're all going to be perfect. I, I can't wait to tell you about the similarities between Connections and Resident Evil 4 Remake. They have so much in common. They both involve typewriters. Um, uh, here's... And one of them may be printed in the New York Times. No one is clear. Here are the winners. We got Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, Dredge, Sea of Stars, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Connections, Lies of P., and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That is two games from our fan vote that have made it uh, into the, the next round. I fucking... It does my heart so much good to see Liza P on this list. It's going to be heartbreaking when it loses to something else, but man, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of you, Pinocchio. <laughs> I'm worried that there's people that have hung with us a long time where this may be the one. <laughs> <laughs> Besties? Yeah, I used to. Um, God, there was a moment. What was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just lots of instead of the best <laughs> 2D Mario game in 30 years. But it is kick, it kicks ass. Though. It does kick like, ass. It does look like Chris has gone ahead and bracketed it against Zelda, the Legend of Zelda for L games, which is wild <laughs> that you wouldn't do P games. But I guess there's not another P game on here. Um, okay, well, we did it. Uh, I think we should call it. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Kembop, we have Upset Kids 1411, and we have Doink Salad. Thank you for writing reviews to the Besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the newsletter at besties.fan, which has great things in it and is very exciting and great to read. And I think And hey, about- people should listen to the Resties. We are bringing an end to the Resties Acquired Reading List, our year-long project to find 25 games that you can play that will make it so much more enjoyable when you uh, pick at your favorite hobby. And that we, episode is already recorded live, this already. Yeah. And let me tell you, the finalist, it's flawless. Uh, there, uh, there will not be a single complaint in the world. We did find the 25 games that will bring you joy. And oh, I can't wait to hear you uh, dig into them. Bring you joy. Is that, joy. Was that the rubric? I think I screwed up then. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> we don't want to get into the rubric. It's a perfect, flawless rubric, and the games are great. Hey, guys, recording this episode made me feel joy. I, yeah. It's hey. been a good-ass year for games. But next episode is going to get even wilder. And well, be sure to join us again for that uh, next time on The Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games?
Besties.